Welcome to Camp Glory's Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoyed this week's encouraging message by Pastor Sam Fine. For more information, please visit kingofglorycc.com. Genesis 26. And um, the Lord has kind of had me on a track in these last several weeks of, of contending with and dealing with and guarding and protecting our hearts. Because there's a lot of things that are coming at us in many different directions in life. And how we respond in our heart in situations can determine so much how we're going to work through things. If we're going to be successful, if we're going to get tripped up, if we're going to get stuck, if we're going to be able to process and work through it victoriously. But guarding our hearts is vital for the very life of Christ to be flowing in our lives. And I spoke several weeks ago about uh, judging, how important it is that we not judge one another. Judge not, lest you be judged. Um, I also spoke about offenses. I mean, the scripture says in the last days that the offenses of, there will be many offenses. And because of the offenses, the hearts of many will grow cold. And so in that, we got to be real careful that we don't get offended. So in making it to the end, stay offense-free. Don't get offended. Don't judge. Protect your heart. Keep your eye on the prize. Keep your focus on Jesus. But throw off these things that can just somehow trip us up and cause us to stumble. But I want to talk to you today, uh, and if there was a title, it would be Digging Wells. And this story is remarkable. I was just reading this story this week and just so captivated by it because it's a story that is applicable for us. So let's look at Genesis 26 in verse 1. And now there was a famine in the land. Beside the previous famine that occurred in the days of Abraham. So Isaac went to Gerar, to Abimelech, king of the Philistines. And the Lord appeared to him and said, Do not go down to Egypt. Stay in the land of which I shall tell you. Sojourn in this land, and I will be with you and bless you. For to you and to your descendants, I will give all these lands and I will establish the oath which I swore to your father Abraham and I will multiply your descendants as the stars of heaven and I will give your descendants all these lands by your descendants all the nations of the earth shall be blessed because Abraham obeyed me and kept my charge my commandments my statutes and my laws. The reason that God is instructing Isaac to stay in the land during the famine is because in the same season many years ago, there was a famine in the days of Abraham. And the way that Abraham thought that he was going to be able to survive and protect his family was he went down to Egypt because there was a lush area there, vegetation and growth, where he could keep his family alive. But that's not the course that God wanted Isaac to take. He was going to begin to teach Isaac 
to trust him and to depend upon him even in famine situations. Even when God calls you to areas that are very bleak, that you're not seeing much going on, he's teaching him to trust him, even in adverse situations. So the course that God was causing Isaac was different than his father. So he didn't want him just to fall into the patterns of his father. So it says, so God blesses Isaac, just like he blessed his father. And he would multiply his descendants like the stars. And all the nations of the earth, it says, will be blessed because of him. The same blessing that Isaac received from his father is upon you and I right now. The scripture says in Galatians 3.8, it says, The scripture foreseeing that God would justify the Gentiles by faith, preached the gospel beforehand to Abraham, saying, All the nations will be blessed in you. So then those who are of faith are blessed with Abraham, the believer. So this incredible blessing that Isaac was receiving because of his father is actually the same blessing that is upon you. That you will be a blessing to the nations. You will be a blessing wherever you go. You are the head and you are not the tail. You are to prosper. You are to grow. You are to multiply. Your life will be a witness and a testimony of the power of Jesus and of his salvation power working in your life. Our lives are to emulate a blessing that came forth from Abraham's obedience. So this is passed on to us. But let's see how the blessings of God quickly begin to manifest in Isaac's life. Let's look at uh, verse 12. Now Isaac sowed in the land and reaped in the same year a hundredfold. How do you like that for a blessing? In the same year, you get a hundredfold blessing whatever you put your hands to. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. And the Lord blessed him, and the man became rich and continued to grow until he became very wealthy. For he had possessions of flocks and herds and great household, so that the Philistines envied him. You know, one thing that we really need to guard our hearts from is becoming envious and jealous towards one another. When we are seeing the blessings of God on people's lives spiritually, materially, even in people that are prospering in their gifting and calling, people that are prospering in their soul, when we're seeing people prosper and be blessed, we cannot fall into this trap of getting jealous and envious. Well, I, I wish I had what they had. Why do they drive such a nice car? What, what's going on with their life? What, what's happening? And, and our hearts begin to get, if we get envious, we need to resist that. Because most of the blessings that people have received in their lives have come with a great price. It's not like it's just been just thrown to them and given to them. There's a price to be paid to walk in the blessing that many people have. 
There's been great sacrifice. They've had to lay down their lives. They've had to really work at, at seeing God manifest His goodness in their life. They've overcome many obstacles. They've had to work through many trials to get where they are. So a lot of times we got to remember that the blessings that are upon an individual has come through overcoming trials in their own personal lives. It hasn't just been given to them. So let's read on. Verse 15. Now all the wells which his father's servants had dug in the days of Abraham, his father, the Philistines stopped up by filling them with earth. And then Abimelech said to Isaac, Go away from us, for you are too powerful for us. And Isaac departed from there and camped in the valley of Gerar and settled there. We're going to begin to see something that's going to begin to unfold. We're going to begin to see that even in the blessings of God, there will be trouble. You know, Jesus said, in this world, there will be trouble. And, and you know, this week, I, I was really um, somewhat even wrestling with some things that are going on in our lives and all that I'm stewarding and the pressures and, and all that's coming at me and what I'm having to manage and take care of. And I'm thinking, is this the manifestation of blessing? But the reality is, is that I almost want sometimes the blessing to be without trouble. I want the blessings of God to be without strife and hardship. I really, at times, I just want it to be easy. You know, I mean, really, let's be honest. We just would really like to be able to sail through life and not have the difficulties that we're going through. And I'm like, okay, I got to realize that even though I'm blessed of God, I'm still going to have trouble. And it doesn't mean that I've done anything wrong. It really means that I'm just blessed and favored of the Lord. But it's in the trouble that God uses to do a work in me. He's doing a work in me on how am I going to respond to the trouble? How am I going to respond to the difficulty? How am I going to uh, stand in this blessing and not allow myself to get tripped up because things aren't going the way I want them? So in that, God is perfecting something. It says in James chapter 1, it says that, that bless the Lord, right? Bless the Lord when you encounter various trials. As you're encountering these trials, it is producing in you an endurance. And he says, allow this endurance to, to work in you, to give you strength, to know that you, you will prevail in this trial but also know that the endurance that you're, you're receiving is also producing something in you so that you will lack nothing. It is producing within you the very character of Jesus. It is producing within you a very likeness of the one that you love. 
And so in that, as we endure through the trials, as we endure and we go through these things, we've got to realize that God is doing a deep, deep work in our hearts. And you know what? Actually, I, I believe it at some levels, even the blessings of God attract the evil one in your life. Because the devil does not want you to walk in the fullness of the blessings of God. So what does he try to do? He tries to cram a bunch of debris in your well to clog things up so that the blessings of God will not flow in your life. He's trying to, to throw a bunch of dirt inside the well of your heart so that the spring of life, the living water of Jesus, will not flow. So his strategy is he just wants to cut it off. He wants to cut off the blessing of God and have you walk in poverty and in hardship. But we have to see that this is the strategy of the enemy. The strategy of the enemy is to get you tripped up inside your heart. And if he can get you tripped up inside your heart, he's accomplished his goal of short-circuiting the blessing of God in your life. So not only are you blessed, but I do believe it attracts trouble because the enemy is trying to, to try to undo what God wants to release in your life. So how we steward our hearts will determine how the blessings of God are going to flow through our lives. So, When we get offended, are we going to choose to forgive? Are we going to choose to bless? Are we going to choose to release and let go? Are we going to be able to stand there and say, Lord, forgive them for they know not what they do? Can we stand there and say, Lord, even though that hurt, I choose to bless that person I choose to release them. Lord, I pray that your blessings would overtake them. But how we respond in that situation is so critical. So we've got to realize, too, it's also producing something in us that we might not lack in anything in our lives. So let's look on. Genesis 26, verse 18. Then Isaac dug again the wells of water which they had been dug in the days of the father Abraham. For the Philistines had stopped them up after the death of Abraham. Remember, the devil does not want you to receive your blessing. He wants to stop up your well. But when Isaac's servants dug in the valley, they found their well of flowing water. And the herdsmen of Gerar quarreled with the herdsmen of Isaac, saying, the water is ours. So he named the well Esek because they contended with him. Um, just for your information, historically, and this is, they, they have facts on this. The well that we're talking about right now is 12 and a half feet in diameter. It is over 40 feet deep. The last 16 feet of this well, they had to go through limestone rock, bedrock, 
to get to the water. Do you think that maybe in the days of Abraham, that might have taken them a long time to dig down 40 feet and go through 16 feet of bedrock, solid limestone? I mean, come on. This wasn't like, hey, let's just dig a well for the weekend and get it done. No, this took over a month. And, and they're using little tiny, I mean, the shovels, I'm sure they weren't the nice craftsman shovels that we have today. I'm sure they were very, you know, kind of crude in some ways. But And every bit of dirt and debris, they had to, had to haul out with a bucket with the rope tied to it. Forty feet. Do you know how deep 40 feet is? That's a, long, that's, a, that's, that's a deep well. Okay. So what does Isaac do at this moment? And can you imagine this? I mean, get this. Isaac chooses to walk away. He chooses to walk away from this moment. And I can imagine at this moment, his servants are saying, what are you talking about? We've just spent over a month digging this well, 40 feet going through 16 feet of limestone, and we're walking away? Ay, ay, ay. I mean, so in that, I, I can imagine the, the things that are going on in their mind. But the word for that well, Esek, means contention, strife. Isaac named it. Contention. He said, I am not going to allow contention to get stuck in my heart and to prevent what God wants to bless me with. How many of us have been in a situation where you have had strife and contention in your life and you have a choice whether you're going to let it go and bless them and walk away or are you going to say, oh, yeah, you're going to throw some of that at me? I'm going to throw some of that at you. I mean, how we respond in that situation is so critical. So he moves on. And also, just a little side note, a well in the desert meant to the Palestinians, it was a sign of wealth. You were a wealthy individual when you had a well. I mean, this was your livelihood. It was, it was a matter of life or death. It was a matter of if your sheep, your, your herd was going to survive. If you didn't have a well, you most likely would die. So in this, it was paramount and it was critical to have this well. And it was also a sign of independence. But what does Isaac do? My God shall supply. I'm going to trust him. I'm going to move on. So he names it Esek, which means strife and contention. And then it says he moved on. So let's look now in verse 21. Verse 21. And then it says, and then he dug another well. Just like that. Hey, we dug another well. Another 40 feet. Actually, the next well is more than 40 feet deep. And, and it says, and they quarreled again. And so what does he name it? 
Sitna. Uh, you know, I can imagine at this point his servants are getting pretty exa- exasperated. I mean, really, come on, think about it. You've dug one well 40 feet deep. Go and dig another well another 40 feet deep. And they quarrel over that one, basically saying, it's ours too. And, and instead of getting upset, we will see at this point, Isaac chooses to walk away again. <laughs> Sitna means hostility or even stronger hatred. When you combine the two, you really get a deadly combination. If contention in the early stages in your heart is not dealt with, it will breed and morph into something greater, which turns into hatred. If you don't deal with contention in your heart, it can just begin to take on a life of its own. And you begin to have hatred in your heart. John wrote in 1 John 4.20 that if a man hates his brother, he's a murderer and does not have eternal life abiding in him. It's a tragedy. You know, when I've seen people that have served the Lord for many years just all of a sudden walk away from God. I've had two reports this week of pastors that have just, after all these years, have left the ministry, are not even going to church, and it's like they've just walked away from God because of the, the dealings of contention and strife and not working through it, and all of a sudden they get very bitter, and next thing you know, where are they? They've been shipwrecked. They've been pushed aside. They, they're out where they shouldn't be. Because they didn't steward and guard this. But Isaac chooses to walk away again. You know, there's only really two things that the devil needs to stop the blessings of God in your life. And that is bring contention in your life through individuals that you know in your life, bringing people to you to stir up contention and have it be such that you are not managing it well, you're not getting rid of it, and it takes root in your heart and it breeds bitterness and eventually hatred. But this is exposing the enemy's strategy. This is revealing a strategy that the enemy is trying to do to trip up a lot of people, is to get us upset, contentious, and eventually hostile towards different people. But by God's grace, we will move away from these wells, and we will not allow it to get tripped up, even though it's 40 feet deep, even though there's a great blessing, even though there's so much at hand, we are not going to get tripped up and take the bait. But we're going to allow the Lord to heal our hearts. We're going to allow the Lord to free us up to be a blessing to others. Because we're blessed. Which leads us to the third well. Believe it or not, 
These, I tell you, you know who gets the gold star? Are these servants. I mean, come on. They're like my heroes. So all of a sudden, he moves on to dig a third well. So let's look at verse 22. And he moved away from there, and he dug another well. And they did not quarrel over it. And so he named it Rehoboth. For he said, at last the Lord has made room for us, and we will be fruitful in the land. The word Rehoboth means there is room. There is room. You know, in the same way um, that, that we need to be able to um, make room in our heart for the blessings of God to flow, this aspect of making room, it makes room for all of us in this room to be able to love one another in such a way that we will not allow there to be contention in our midst. We will not allow, there is so much room at the foot of the cross, everybody. There is room for everybody. There is room to be blessed by God. There is so much room at the foot of the cross that it's big enough for all of us to be blessed and highly favored of the Lord. And we cannot allow strife and contention to come in between us, between those that we love. We've got to throw it off because we have been forgiven of so much and we have been brought in to the household of faith. So it's no matter what age you are, what race, what nationality, there's room for all of us at the base of the cross. And so we're there to receive the love that's been given to us. To whom much has been given, much is required. But you know what? We've been forgiven of much. So we're able to bless those that are difficult. We're able to bless those that are rascals. We're able to bless those that we don't like. You know, it's like we cannot think that we got the corner on the market of the blessing of God. And so in that, We've got to make room for one another. You know, it is difficult at times making room for those that are a little difficult to love. It really is. It is hard to make room for those that just seem to get under your skin. But it's those individuals that I think a lot of times God is using to perfect something in you. He's using them to develop the very image of his son Jesus in your own life. And how you choose to steward that moment with that person, it is paramount for the blessings and the river of God to flow in your own personal lives. You cannot allow the debris of contention to get crammed in your well, and all of a sudden you find out, oh my goodness, your heart has become hardened, you become a very bitter individual, and actually, no one wants to really be around you, if you want to know the fact. No one wants to be around somebody that's always bitter and contentious. 
we got to get it out of our hearts. we got to say, Lord, I, I choose this day. Even though I don't feel like it, I choose to bless that person. I choose to forgive them. I choose to let go of this. I choose life. I choose to live in the blessings that you have for me. I am not going to allow what people have said to me affect me. I'm going to let it go. So we must enlarge our hearts to even love the people that have wounded us. You know, I think it speaks volumes to the world. When you can overlook the transgressions of somebody else, I think it speaks volumes to the world when you're able to even pray for those that hurt you. I even think it speaks volumes to the world if you're able to go to that person that has intensely disliked you and even go visit the one that's left you. And even the one that has spoken falsely of you, you can speak well of them. And so in that, it speaks volumes when we can come in the opposite spirit. When we can come in the opposite spirit, and instead of giving back really what maybe in the world would say, well, they deserve a little bit of this. We say, no, I'm going to bless them. We've got to really open our hearts to love. You know, Michael said something, and, and it's, 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 it's a real, it's a vision for this house. It's, he was almost like a prophetic statement, he said. Our church, just so you know, the vision for this house is that we're to love God with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength. We're to love God with everything within us. We're to obey Him. We're to be a blessing to Him. We want to give our lives to Him. We want to bless our Father in heaven. And we want to love Him. And demonstrating our love is sometimes obeying the Scriptures. Obeying what He says. But we're going to love God in this house. And you know what the, the next part of the vision is for this house? is that we're going to love one another. We've been loved. Now we're going to love one another just as we've been loved by God. So now we're going to be able to demonstrate this love to each other, even those that are difficult to love. I, if I could take a secret poll in, in this room, I bet there are some in this room that, honestly, you... You, you are challenged with loving them. But the beauty of it is when we love those that are not like us, it releases the flow of the blessings of God in your life. The abundant blessings that are ours in Abraham as we love, as we forgive, as we bless, it releases a blessing 
Isaac experienced a hundredfold blessing in one year. Who would like that? I would. Keep the debris out of your heart. Keep the debris out of your well, and you will be blessed of the Lord. You will walk in his favor. And the grace of God will be upon you. And we are all going to have a big party at the foot of the cross because there's room for everybody. There's room for everybody. Every nationality, every race, every tongue. And we're going to love just as Jesus has loved us. Amen? Amen. Let's stand. Father, I thank you and I praise you. The Lord, there's room at the cross for all of us. And Lord, we cannot allow any debris in our hearts that would somehow short-circuit the blessings of God that you have for each of us. Father, I just pray this day, if there's anyone in this room that has been challenged there's been contention and strife, and it's even morphed into hostility. I'm asking God this day that you would help each and every one to choose to forgive, to let go, and to bless, and to keep the flow of the love of God in our hearts. I ask this day, Lord, that you would set us all free. That we could worship together and love one another at the foot of the cross. I thank you, Jesus. It is your desire to have a really big family. And I thank you that people from all over the world who call upon your name will be found in this big room that you've made for all of us. We can love each other forever and ever and ever. So Lord, I just declare and decree that your blessings are upon this church, each and every one, the blessings of Abraham. And God, I'm asking that your blessings would multiply and grow. I'm asking that we would be fruitful. I'm asking that we would prosper. I'm asking that we would grow in the love of God. And Lord, I thank you this day for this wonderful church. Knit our hearts together and let us be one. And Lord, I thank you and I praise you in Jesus' name. Everybody said, Amen. Thank you for listening to King of Glory Sermon of the Week. Connect with us on Instagram at KOG underscore Asheville and on Facebook at facebook.com slash KOG Asheville.